Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And we have a missionary who is, he's, well, I, I don't know if you've been listening or watching the news, but you'll hear all this stuff about the refugees from Syria and from Iraq, the Iraqis, and he is a missionary to them, and his name is Tony Clazar. And how are you doing, Tony? I'm doing great. And how are what, you? Tony, I, I'm doing good. And, and so you're a missionary in Jordan and yes, sir. Amman, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I, you know, I have not heard your testimony, so I'm looking forward to hearing your testimony. And um, Okay, great. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll sit back and, and let you start sharing, and then, uh, okay. you know, at the end we'll ask you some questions and, and let you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Okay, sure. Okay, well, my I guess my name is Tony, and I was born and raised as an... Uh, a Syrian Iraqi in uh, in Baghdad. Uh, I was um, my really story got uh, more exciting when uh, uh, back in 2003, March of 2003, I started working for I. The American soldiers came in into Iraq, and then um, you know they came in. They were on the ground, and I started going talking to them and stuff, and asking my mom to to make food for them, to take it to them. And I understand the U.S. military, they don't trust anybody there, so especially me, a little guy over there. And so I said, I will, when I took the food for them the first time, I asked them, I told them that I know you guys don't know me, so I will eat first. And after 30 minutes, if you guys, if, if I'm not dead, feel free to eat it. But if I'm dead, don't touch it. And so, yeah, so I ate, and then uh, after 10 minutes, they start eating it with me. And so, yeah, so how, that's how, like, our friendship started. Like, we, I started making food for them and stuff, my mom making food and bringing it to them, and they really trusted me, and I loved my time working with them. And then, then after a little while, I started getting threats from terrorists because I, help, I was helping the U.S. troops, and they were always at my house and, you know, and my house was open to anyone, really. And so, yeah, and so then uh, my, I think my fourth threat, I I got, you know, I was riding a motorcycle, a uh, scooter, and then I, was, I went to the supermarket to get some food for the military. And then, uh, then suddenly I saw this, it's like a maybe less than a quarter of a mile from me, and I saw this black BMW like uh, pulling up front of me and then I saw the back window coming down and then I saw the AK-47 um, yeah um, it's pointing at me and they had so much time you know to shoot at me but I honestly don't know how back back then I didn't know you know I know Jesus and stuff but but I really know when I got saved I knew that was God thing that he stopped them but you know, but back then I didn't, you know, but it never happened. They never shot at me. But when I got closer to them and accidentally, 
I hit the front brake and then the motorcycle, because I was going too fast, and the motorcycle pushed me up the, over the car, and then I fell on the other side of the car. And then when I, I fell, the other window started coming up where I was, and they wanted to still shoot at me, but there was a lot of Iraqi civilians. They came and helped me up, and so the window went up, I guess, and they ran away. And so I fell right in front of the hospital, middle of Baghdad. And then uh, my first three hours, I had a concussion. So the doctor treated me, I guess. And then I start when I started uh, remembering stuff. Then I asked the doctor, "Where's the scooter? I need to take it and go back to the to my work, my to military." You know, and he said, you can't, you just got hurt, so you need to stay here for a while. I said, no, no, I have to go. Thank you so much for helping. So I left, I took the scooter, I went back to the military and told them what happened, and they were really afraid, and they told me you should go back home, and uh, we don't want you to get hurt. And I said, I'm not doing anything wrong. I will help anyone beside the terrorist. You know, I help anyone but those bad people, you know. And so, so I kept working with them. And then the the my fifth threat it was like they talked to my mom and told her you have to tell your son tomorrow by 6 a.m. if you guys don't leave Baghdad we're gonna kill him and kill you guys and blow up your house. And so when my mom heard that she came running to the the base where I was working with in the power plant in Baghdad and they she came screaming and saying that Tony we have to leave tomorrow by 6 a.m. or we all gonna die. You know, and I told her, you need to take everybody and go. I want to stay here. But she said, no, if you stay, I'll stay. And so I honestly don't know, but something told me you need to leave right now. And so I told her, just go pack, and I'll be there for you to to leave. And so she went packing, and I stayed with the military, and I told them what's going on, what happened. And then, uh, then they did a little party for me. You know, they gave me a cookies. You know, gave me several had a Texas flag. It was my first gift, actually. It was Texas flag. You know, that's when I fell in love with Texas. And it was October, <laughs> October, October 25th, around 4 a.m. And also chocolate chip cookies at the same time. And so, yeah, and so then they they escorted me to my house, and we we uh, we asked somebody to drive us, like a renter person to drive us to Iraq, and the only way it was open, as far as I can remember, it was through Fallujah, and Fallujah is one of the worst places to drive through. You know, like you can see, honestly, you can see life, like a like bomb going on, but so when we told the military, so the military have to escort us, my friends, so they escorted us to the Jordanian border, and then they left from there, they went back. And so we got to Jordan, to the border, and then from there, the, it was during Ramadan. It was on October 25th of 2004. So, yeah, so then when we, we kept driving, we got to Amman. And then we met with my brother. And then we got everything out of the car. And we gotten, you know, we went with my brother and get, went to his house. And my first five months there, I really struggled with my English. You know, I, I, there was people, like young people around me I could hang out with, but they always were trying to fight. They always had knives and try to get in trouble. And I'm the person I didn't like trouble. And so, yeah, and so my first five months, I really struggled with my English and different other stuff. And then uh, 
then finally I met this guy, Iraqi guy. I think he was Christian, but he believer. And so he, you know, he got to know me for the first two weeks, asking me questions and stuff. And then, uh, then after two weeks, he asked me to go with him to church. And I said, what kind of church it is? Because I, I was raised in a Syrian church, Babylonian, you know. And so we cannot go to evangelical church. So he said, it is evangelical church. I said, no, I can't go to that church because my family always told me if I ever go, I will turn crazy. But he said, how would, you know, how would they know? They're all the way in Chicago. You're all the way here. I said, that's true. Yeah, so there's thousands and thousands of miles away from me. So how would they know? So, yeah, so I decided to go with him. So I went there. And for the first time in my life, you know, I mean, I have, I don't think if I can remember, I've, I always loved going to church when I was young, and I've never missed a Sunday, you know, at church. But I always, you know, I was an altar boy, and, uh, you know, I always heard about Jesus dying for me. Why? I don't know. That's the only thing I knew. Maybe I heard it, but I never paid attention to it. But that day, you know, mid of 2005, when I heard, you know, when the pastor, the Iraqi pastor was sharing about the gospel, you know, why Jesus came, why he died for me. And the only reason, and the only, only reason I am alive today is because of his grace, you know, because he gave me another chance, you know, 2,000 years ago when he died, he forgave us, you know, and he wants us to be with him forever. So really I started thinking about it. Then when uh, the ceremony, when, when the sermon ended, my friend took me to introduce me to the pastor, and then I went shared with him a little bit, and I told him what it was, why I'm I'm in Jordan. Then he said, "Good, because I have a, our the guy who is in charge here, he's an American." And I said, "Oh, good." So I left that pastor, and I just went to the American guy, and so I went to talk to this American guy. He's a tall guy. Then I started talking to him and stuff, and the first thing out of his mouth, it came. Said he asked me, "Tony, have you ever been born again?" And usually, if you ask this question to an Assyrian people right now in Iraq, Assyrian Iraqis, not Syrian, Assyrian, Babylonian from Iraq, northern Iraq usually, if you ask them that, that question, they would think you are one of the most terrible person because they always say, because we're Assyrian, we were born Christians, so you shouldn't ask that question. But for me, when he asked me that question, I really, I don't know why, but I just said no. But I promise it will be soon. He said, it better be sooner, you know. And so I said, I promise it will be soon. So I went back home and I explained, I mean, I shared it with my family, my mom and dad, and my parents weren't happy, but they knew I was enjoying ISIS or something. You know, they knew I was doing something good. So I told them the following Sunday, I want to go and ask the pastor to pray over me. And so I would want my mom to come with me, but she said she won't. So I went, so I went by myself. So I went in the following week and asked the pastor, the American pastor, to pray over me. Then, uh, um, then yeah, he prayed over me, and I really felt, you know, that uh, I was the, one of the best. I can't remember what day it was and what, but it was mid of 2005. I know. And so, but it was really an amazing, amazing experienced that too. Um, like I, all my life, I was raised as an Assyrian boy. I knew about Jesus. But when I, you know, I 
I I asked him to, when I asked him to come to my life, you know, I really that then I knew the reason I made it out of Iraq, it was because of him. He really wanted he had an amazing plan for me, you know, and he's always you know, amazing, amazing like he like always like uh, blow me off like how like his plans does doing through me like the things he's doing you know in my life it's just amazing and so yeah and so then i got they then they showed with me that there is a school over there so i started working there i mean i got started going to school there then i i left the school for a little bit to go try to work and make some money to help my parents because we were very poor and you know we didn't have money and stuff and so we just i just wanted to help my parents and then when uh, when the manager of the bank that I worked work I was working in, he asked me, "Why are you here? You're too young. You should go back to school." I said, "I know, but I want to help my family. You know, my mom and dad. You know, they're struggling, and we don't have money and stuff, and we're refugees here. So back then we can work. You know, so yeah. And so he said, "No, you should go back to school. You know, we can try to help." So I went back to school. And then when I went back, my pastor, the one who led me to the Lord, he was in, in America and Virginia, and he was sharing in the chapel here. And then after he finished, the principal came to him and asked him, what if we do something and bring some of your refugee students from your church there to come and study here, and maybe we can send some of our students from Virginia to go there and teach second language. And, and my pastor said, yeah, I think that would be a great idea. And so they worked it out and my pastor called me right away actually. And he asked me, you know, it was, I was the the first one in his mind. And he said, he called me and he said, do you want to come to America? I said, are you kidding me? You don't have to ask me that question again because I would love to. And so, yeah, and so he said, okay, well start praying. We're gonna start working on your paper. You know, and so they start working and really within 20 months living in Jordan, God really opened the door for me to come. So, yeah, so I had to get say goodbye to my parents on August 21st of 2006. Uh, then I flew, I flew in from uh, Amman to, to beautiful Virginia over here, all green. Then I got here August 21st, 2006, 105 p.m., Washington, D.C. airport, and it was the best, the best, one of the best days, honestly, besides getting saved, you know, it was because it was my dream, you know, to come to America. And so God really, you know, it's always amazed me, you know, he He answered my prayers and I made it here and and I had the best nine and a half years in America. It was, you know... It was, um, you know, I, I went to school here and uh, really got easily mightily through my school and, and through the churches that I, the church I attended here, Fellowship Bible Church and, and the people and the friends and that I made. And, you know, and then after, I think when I, just uh, three, like close to three years ago, or maybe less than that, two, over two years ago, my pastor who led me to the Lord, he got deported from Jordan because he was, I guess he was sharing the gospel with Muslim people and a lot of, of them, they were coming to Christ. And so the the um, the government there, they had to deport him back to the state. 
And so when I heard that, I was really saddened, and I really started praying. You know, I really felt like God wanted me to start praying to possibly going back to Jordan, you know, or going back to Middle East, because my heart is to go back. You know, I want to go and work with my own people, you know, because... And so I started praying, and really God started opening it for me, and he started providing, and uh, and so... Uh, Last year of uh, I guess um, I'm sorry October 19th of 2015, I got to go and spend uh, one whole year in uh, Amman, Jordan, and work with my own people, and uh, it was one of the amazing, amazing time just to love on them and share with them and just feel their their hurting, their needs, because it just reminded me of me and my family when I was back in 2005 because I was in their shoes, you know, and going back after nine and a half years spending and being so spoiled in America, you know, going back to Jordan and trying to live the way they live in, you know, and it was really amazing here. So, yeah. Lord, so, good. Yeah, so, and they can't deport you out because you're, you were actually a, a citizen there, right? No, not actually, I, I gave up. My, well, I'm a U.S. citizen now. Okay, they can so deport me if they citizen. want to. So they uh, so they can catch you and, and deport you out. So, um, but that that's amazing though because it sounds like God just kind of opened the doors, you know, and got got you ready and then and then uh, took you back. Yes, yes. Actually, He got me ready right in Texas, in Lindale, Texas. That's wow. where I got my calling too. So, yeah, yeah, to so go back. One of the things you said about you know being kind of spoiled over here in the U.S. and boy, is that not the truth? I mean, uh, people just don't realize. You know, tell us a little yeah. bit about uh, about living over there. Uh, the differences. Well, I think living there really, I had nothing. You know, I live in there. I was. Uh, Little brown dude who had nothing and always seen all this. My friends, you know, especially when I worked for the military, or when I met some of the American friend missionaries over there where they are in Jordan. You know, I see them. They have money. They have, you know, they have all kind of fancy stuff. And always, you know, as a human being, and this me being a kid, I didn't have anything. I always wanted something, you know, fancy like that, whatever it was, you know, if it was. Uh, a phone or if it was laptop or it was a computer or a movie or something, you know, I just, uh, I just, you know, always, you know, when I, when I came to America, it was different, you know, it, like I see everything so clean in Jordan and in Iraq, everything is dirty. People eat and throw it on the floor in the ground, you know, but here it's so clean, you know, some people does it here, but not. But living over here really made me realize, honestly, especially when I went back last year, made me realize, you know, I I have taken it out and granted because all of us in America take it out of granted because a lot of us, we we have the the spirit of judging people, you know, the way like, you know, ah, they're Middle Eastern people or something, you know, they don't, they don't need to be. You know, uh, like, uh, we always, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, okay, the, the best way I, would, I can say it is like, we always ask for new things. We always, you know, right now we have a new phone. 
every I feel like every month there is a new iPhone. You know, my iPhone 5S is getting old, and my friend has an iPhone 7 Plus. I need a new one. You know, but really, I need to think of instead of putting the money on those things, I should help those people because those people really could use it because there are so many people, not just in the Middle East, but around the world. They really, they need the love of Jesus. They need help. They need like, you know, they need food. They need, you know, uh, you know, drinking water. They need, you know, clothes and stuff. And, and we're here so spoiled. We're always thinking about new things, you know, in new laptop, new house or something, you know, fancier or something, a new car. So well, I, I know being Christmas time that, you know, every kid in America has made their list and, you know, yeah. and, uh, but that's, you only see that in America. You don't see that all over the world. Uh, most, no. most places that, that I've been, you know, um, food and water is the, the biggest thing on their list. Yes. Yes. You know? Actually for Christmas, my Christmas back and when I was young in Iraq, Every year, my grandma used to send us $100 only. That's the only year, that's the only time for Christmas time we used to buy a new pants, a new shirt. That's it. Wow. Every Christmas. We didn't, you know, honestly, we could not afford it. We didn't have any money for it. We used like $100. It was so much money, you know, like working in Jordan. You know, people work so hard in Jordan, you know, contractors. They don't make, make a lot of money. They make I hardly make $200 a month. Over here, I can make, you know, I can make more than that. Honestly, if, you know, if you're a doctor or whatever it is, you know, I've, I worked right. a good job over here. You know, I had to leave it because I really wanted to follow my call. And I was making 20, like I got up to $20 an hour, you know? Yeah. Right. I love that job, you know, but really I wanted to do whatever God wants me to do, you know, because I hate you know, you know, every time I think, I start thinking about money, 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 I really start hating it, you know, because, you know, money can be good and can be terrible. And so, yeah, and so that's why I really wanted to go back and, and try to do my best to live the way they're living, you know, how I lived before and love on them and stuff and be Jesus to them, you know, and show them who Jesus is. You know, in the same way he did it to me, he can do it to them, you know. So. Now, the the organization you're working with is called Global Partners in Peace and Development. Yes, sir. And their their website is gpartners.org. Yes, sir. Yep. So you, you want to tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you're doing with them and, and how, you well, know. Global Partner. Well, actually, they're not just in Jordan. They're located in Virginia as well, too. But they we do work all over. We do work in uh, India. I think it started in India. But I'm not sure, but it's, we do in India, Haiti, Nepal. I think we do like a water well in India and different other stuff. And we have a lot of uh, kids' homes and in India and Haiti and Nepal and and we also do work in Slovakia and in the Middle East, I guess, in Jordan. You know, so so actually the president and his wife and kids we they live the same place I live in the Middle East. 
and Jordan and we surfed together, you know, there and we love the refugees, you know, and uh, we have a big heart for them, you know, and uh, yeah, we're, that's what we usually do. Like uh, we do, they, I don't know everything they do, but the one thing I know is they, we work those, those places, you know, water welling and stuff. And we have a lot of kids that they, always need to be sponsored you know like as as different as compassion there is you know uh different other ministries they have different kids you know around the world that they need to be sponsored you know so we always pray and trust god that that he will send someone a right person to to be able to sponsor a kid every you know every month so but at the website we'll say anything about it i'm sure so yeah yeah it, it has on the website you know uh how to donate or how to sponsor mm-hmm. a child and yes and, yes um <clears throat> so you want to share maybe some stories of things that have happened since you have gone back yeah sure yeah so i'm not sure really um um like the stories are mainly I have a heart for Muslims, so I got to visit a lot of Syrian families. And then uh, the Syrian families, they're, you know, they fled Syria because there was a lot of bombing and either they lost the loved ones or they lost one of their kids or something. And so we get to go to their homes and we ask them questions and get to know them, you know, and also in the end, we ask them what their needs are and they're always in need of something. You know, so we write it down, we pray with them, pray over the need that God will provide it. We go back home, you know, and we pray again about, you know, if we have that need so we can take it back to them or tell them to come. And so if we have it, then we take it to them if we don't have it. And if it's not something like over, like, you know, like a few hundred dollars, you know, we can buy it, you know, buy it and, and provide it to them. And the, the second time we go and we try to share stories from the Bible with them and then we just build a friendship with them. We don't want to, we're trying to use wisdom because the government is always on us in Middle East and Jordan, actually, because they want us to be there, but they don't want us to share the gospel. But we're doing our best to use wisdom in any way we can and to love on those refugees and to show them Christ in any way we can. And so I know, I believe, I know I haven't seen anyone, but I know, I believe God is doing a mighty work there and he's changing many people's lives for his glory, not for mine, not for Global Partner or anybody else that I work with. So, yeah, so they just, um, um, in fact, there's refugees there really, they, they get hurt, like, you know, <clears throat> they always, when I go to them, mainly, a lot of Syrians, they want to go back to Syria when it gets better. And some of them, they wanted to travel. You know, they ask us to pray so they can travel to America, to Canada, to Australia, anywhere, you know. But a lot of them, a lot of Syrian people, they want to to go back to their home country. But Iraqi people, Iraqi Christians, you know, they want to travel. They, they're had it. You know, they have been through so much. You know, they, you know, as you guys saw, 
what ISIS did. You know, if you don't give up on your religion, you know, if you don't give up on Jesus or something, you know, uh, you know, we're going to kill you or something, you know, and a lot of people got killed because of that, you know, and also a lot of people just fled because there was a war, you know, there was a lot of their neighbor got killed, you know, so they had to leave, you know, and there's, you know, they lost everything. People, a lot of people, they were very rich, a lot of doctors and stuff, you know, they were very rich. They had a lot of money and they had to leave it, everything behind. You know, when they come to Jordan, Jordan is open for them, for all the refugees is open, but they are not allowed to work right now, you know, so they always need of help. So that's why God is really bringing us there, my, our ministry and different other ministries to, to try to provide for them. That's the way we show Jesus to them. You know, and so, so so the refugees can come into Jordan, but they cannot work. Yes, yes, I think it's now it's they're allowed for Syrian only, not Syrian Syrian Muslims. They're allowed a lot of it of them. They're allowed, but if if the Iraqis work and they get captured, they will get deported back to Iraq. But I'm not sure how they expect them to get make money because a lot of the Iraqis they have kids. And new kids, you know, how they have babies, and you know. And so praise yeah. God, you know, God is really always provide to help them. But we always, they always come, like mainly Syrian, actually. We always get a phone calls and people come and knocking on the door in the church door that they need always, always. I mean, every day, at least, honestly, at least 20 to 40 people. They want diapers. They want milk all the time, you know. Winter, they always want heaters and gas bottles. And the summer, they always want fans because it's always hot, especially the ones we have, they have kids. So, and really, we just trust God to provide those things, and he always amazes us. So, every year. So, yeah, and... Well, Tony, I really think it's a, a blessing what you're doing and that you were able to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really an honor for me that the Lord really chose me to go back, you know, and I'm very, very grateful, you know, um, for what he's done for me. And I'm so thankful that he chooses somebody like me to go and and um, to be his light and to, to my own people there. And and this is something really amazing because he have given me that gift to really not teach, but to be there for people, to love them, to pray for them, to encourage them. I'm the kind of person who always loves to smile and be happy. doesn't matter what happens around me, you know. I love Jesus and I want to do everything to bring Christ, bring people to Christ, you know. So Exactly, yeah. Well... You know, what I'd like you to do is, is I'd like you just mm-hmm. to pray over the audience and that that they, you know, that their eyes would be open to what's really going on. And, you know, mm-hmm. so even if they can't go, they can always help support, you know, yes. through through y'all or there's other ministries. But, uh, you know, we have to do something for these people, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and uh uh, you know, the the best thing to do is is to 
you know, there's already organizations over there and just help support the organizations that are there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, definitely. I will. I can do it right now if you want me to. Sure. That'd be great. Okay. All right. We have Father, we thank you so much for a beautiful day you have, Lord Jesus. I thank you for this radio station, Lord Jesus. And I just want to pray for your blessing over each one of of the people who's going to be listening to this one and to this message, Lord Jesus, and just pray that you will bring into their eyes how much really we are in America, how much we are so spoiled, so uh, like we take everything for granted, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will open their eyes, that they will see you, Jesus, and also they will will come. The mainly thing I want people to really not to support, but to come and see it in their eyes before they support, to see it, what's, what, what is going on, what is the refugee going through, instead of just listening to it through the media or what's going on, you know, um, on the news, Lord Jesus. But I want them to come and see it with their eyes so they can realize how spoiled they are and so they can either give to somebody who the Lord led them to give to, through the Global Partner or any other ministries that they are working there in Jordan or anywhere around the world, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will do that, that they will, you will bring people, or if not, Lord Jesus, that you will speak to somebody right now, Lord Jesus, that they will really openly would be willing to to give the money, whatever it is, whatever they can to, to help help with the for the refugee with the refugees that they also if they can give lord jesus i pray that you give it put it into their heart lord jesus that it will keep continue continue to pray for me and for our ministry lord jesus that's your will to be done lord jesus not our will not my will not my global partner or jonathan or anybody else lord jesus but your will jesus to bring the kingdom for that to bring everyone your kingdom, Lord Jesus. We just love you so much for everything you are doing in our lives and for the future, what you are going to do. You know, pray. Amen. Amen. So how how long will you be over there this time? Uh, uh, actually, I'm moving there, so as long as the Lord leads me. And it's not going to be less than a year. Well, I want to just thank you for taking the time to come on and share you know, just a glimpse yeah, of what, what's going on out there. And, uh, <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you. And, and I will have your, your you know, contact information on, on realcuff.com, so that way if, okay. if they, need a, they need to get a hold of you or whatever, however you want to, yeah. you know, you, you can send me an email or whatever. Yeah, you and, can, uh, you can, send, you can, can put that. in my emails. Okay. Uh, and also I'm going to contact Jonathan, you know, the, the of Global Partner. I just wanted to make sure with him. I don't think he minds, but just to make sure with him that we can put, I'm sure you can put the global partner with in. Okay. That's why I didn't want Sounds to. Sounds great. You know. so, but you can put my email there. It doesn't matter. You can put my name, you know. You know so, yeah. Well, I appreciate I just, you so much. I just want to speak a blessing over you, Tony, and, and the work Thank you're you. doing. And uh, we'll keep you in prayer. Thank you. appreciate it. God bless well, you. Thank- Thank you for coming on. Thank you. That's a wrap. Mm-hmm.